This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. It's about us wanting equal rights, understanding our place as young black men, because it's hard being black out here right now. It is tough. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to be that voice for people like George Floyd, George Hill, you know, Arthur Sterling, guys like that. Uh, this is a big step for all of us. You know, I'm happy to see blacks and whites out here together, you know, doing this. This is a, this is a wonderful thing. And the biggest thing, I, I didn't grow up, you know, uh, being racist or my parents teaching me racism. But number one, we got to stop that. That's bad, man. <laughs> you got to. Leonard Fournette on the steps of City Hall on Tuesday morning as the Jaguars continue to be front and center when it comes to sparking change, at least from an NFL standpoint, uh, with some of their players uh, on Friday and then on Tuesday. Many players out there Friday, many players again out there yesterday as well. Uh, and that, of course, followed the op-ed from Jaguars owner Shad Khan, uh, which is now a week ago. Lots happened in a week. And you know, when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, and the and the movement that is happening uh, right now, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on uh, ESPN 690. Uh, I want to give you a little programming note, by the way. Our Action News Jacks, CBS 47 and Fox 30, in, in coordination with uh, 104.5 WOKV tonight at six o'clock. Uh, the title of the show is Time for Change, Racism, Policing, and Reform in Jacksonville. Uh, it'll be a half-hour special. Uh, Tanika Hughes and Rich Jones uh, will co-host, so you can uh, check that out uh, for more on CBS 47, Fox 30, and, of course, 104.5 WOKV. You know, I was saying uh, it's raining right now, and my allergies are going nuts in the last, like, two hours. <laughs> and I might be the only person on the planet. I'm, uh, maybe others are like this. Yeah, when it's about to rain or when it rains is when my allergies get the worst. It's insane. It's really bizarre. It's not normal. It's not like I don't get allergies like when it doesn't rain, or it's not like I always get allergies when it does. Yeah. But they are at its worst when it, it's about to rain or, or raining. It's bizarre. So you're saying if you had to go cover the Seahawks, it would be like your death sentence, basically. It would, unless they don't have like a lot of pollen or okay. whatever I'm allergic to. Like this isn't really pollen right now, I don't think. Uh, but it's no, probably Brent, like it's rain trees. That's all it is. Just rain right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm allergic to rain. <laughs> H2O. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It's bizarre though. Like it doesn't seem. Most people they say washes away, right? And so you do okay. That's what I would think. At the allergies today. You're a weird cat, Brent Martino. When uh, going into the when we come out of the last break, Austin looks at me. He's like, "You're gonna be all right today." <laughs> <laughs> well, he always asks me that when I'm coughing or something. I can ask it back to him. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll make it through. Yeah, we'll push through. Like I said, let's start the show. A little adversity, man. Nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> right? Uh, hey, think about the great quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Yeah, you think obviously Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, right? Drew Brees. Uh, what would you say is the n- next big thing in the NFL when it comes to quarterback? Okay, Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take him out. Sure. Who is really the next big thing? Take the old guys out of the equation. And Russell Wilson, by the way, is not old. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, the the, oh, the old guard, if you will. Those guys have been good for a long time. Yeah. Who's the next thing? Is it Carson Wentz? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? 
is Lamar Jackson here to stay? Mm -hmm. People are in love with Kyla Murray right now and think this thing's going to work. I don't think people would fall into that trap with a Derek Carr or Jared Goff or any of those guys. You could say Tua is the next guy coming in. Joe Burrow could be the next big thing, and he could have instant impact. Or you might even think, look out for Trevor Lawrence. It's such a lock for Trevor Lawrence to be the next big thing. Yeah. that that's going to happen. That's kind of what I'm looking for. That's the context of it. So it could be any. Uh, you know, listen, I understand you could name five guys that have had good seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes is it. Patrick Mahomes in his first two years that he's really played in the NFL has been unbelievable. He's been an MVP and he's won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's everything. And, and he's that guy. He's really, even with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees still in the league, he's the face of the league. Mm-hmm. Fair enough? Fair enough. Who's going to join it is really the question. Yeah. You can take this a couple ways, right? Where when I think dynamic game changers, when I think the future of the NFL, I immediately go towards the dual threat quarterback. Okay. I go to the guy that can get it done with his arm primarily, but if it comes down to it, he can get it done with his footwork as well. Obviously, you're Russell Wilson's. Obviously, you're Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, and obviously, you're, you're Deshaun Watson's. I mean, what what would you say? Is Deshaun Watson too old yet, Brent, or is he capable of being the next oh, no, big no. thing? I think, okay. I think, okay. I, I think he could still establish himself. You know how I feel about Watson. I think sure. Watson's good. I think he's overrated at times. I, I don't know if he's been as good as everybody talks him up to be, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, he might be like Kyler Murray might soon be that if yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a huge year this year. But uh, but anyway, so, I think Watson would be an okay one. I mean, listen, Watson's like 26 years old. Yeah, yeah I, I think Wentz fits in the category. Wentz has Wentz has been good. He has been on the verge, but he hasn't delivered mm-hmm. a lot of it because of health. Yeah. You know, is he that guy? Is mm-hmm. is he the Aaron Rodgers to the Tom Brady of a uh, Patrick Mahomes? See, Aaron Rodgers is kind of the outlier for me because Aaron Rodgers has the capability to make any wide receiver legit. Okay, I mean, we had Al Mazard last year, you know, putting up Pro Bowl type of numbers just because Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball. So, like, I guess what you're asking me right now is, do I see another Aaron Rodgers? Do I see another guy right now that is, you know, poised to say, you know what, no matter who I throw to, they're going to be a better receiver? And to be fair right now, when I go down the list, I don't necessarily see that type of quarterback. Okay. If I was going to name two guys that are poised to be like the next breakout stars, I'm still going with Lamar Jackson 10 times out of 10. Okay. Because I understand is last year going to be the gimmick is last year going to be kind of like the Rams were a couple years ago where it was this crazy offense. Nobody saw it, but eventually the book was out and the Rams got figured out basically. Right. And all of a sudden Jared Goff looked very, very pedestrian. And all of a sudden all the money that Jared Goff is getting, it's like you're paying him that much for to do that. Excuse me. With that being said, the Ravens are built differently. Because, yes, Lamar Jackson has to be more of a pocket quarterback this year. There's no doubt about it. Yes, Lamar Jackson is not going to be able to rely on Nick Boyle and not going to be able to rely on Mark Andrews the entire time this season because teams will take that away. That's what the Titans did in the playoffs. So they're going to have to rely on their wide receivers, such as Marquise Brown, such as Miles Boykin, such as Chris Moore, and obviously a solid running game with Mark Ingram. But to me, the difference between what the Rams were a couple years ago when they were up firing all cylinders and what the Ravens are, that the Ravens had the defense to back up Lamar Jackson. 
the Ravens are going to be very stout on defense this up-and-coming year. And whenever you have a defense and a run game that can coincide with a quarterback, well, you got something special. So I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is going to break all these passing records, is going to break all these passing yardage records to his wide receivers. But what I'm saying with his skill set and the team that he has around him, I think Lamar Jackson, obviously coming off an MVP year, can do it again. I have this... uh... Um, I have this thing about Lamar Jackson where he's, he was so sensational last year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on my fantasy team, so I didn't fall in love with him like you did. <sighs> but It was good. I, I seriously asked the question, though. I, I, I just put this on social media. Like, which younger QB will be kind of will be talking about with Patrick Mahomes as like that co-face of the NFL? Uh, and, and again, like, I think Russell Wilson fits the category with Brady and with Rodgers and with Breeze and those guys. Like, he has performed at that kind of level. He doesn't get the love those guys no, get. And especially of course, he's a the, lot younger. But especially to the weapons that he had around him. I well, mean, and that's what I would say to what you said. You said Aaron Rodgers does that with receivers. Well, Brady has two over his career. There are times that he has had nobody true. that he's thrown. I mean, you couldn't even name the guys he had throwing. <laughs> and and it's, it hasn't always been Gronk and Moss and Edelman. You know, I mean, there's no, always let, been one guy like let's that. Let's be but, honest, it, it was a bunch of rejects from Hard Knocks. It was Chris Hogan, yeah. right? It was even yeah. Danny Amendola. Like, yeah, guys even if that... you go way back, it was David Patton. It yeah. was it was Troy Brown. I mean, they were good. They were nice players. I'm not yeah. discounting them, but they weren't But stars. they were going to cut it on every other, other team in the NFL. And Russell Wilson has done the same with his receiving core, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, Tyler Lockett, good receiver, not bad. And, you know, uh, Curse is okay. DK Metcalf took a big split this year, but still. All things considered, and a pretty bad offensive line to boot. Yeah, I'm not saying, like I said, I, I just feel like they're in those categories together. You know, yeah. Rodgers, you're right. He hasn't had the weapons. That, you know, he'd be at the top in mm-hmm. terms of not having weapons. But those other guys aren't far behind. They make those guys better. Correct. No doubt. There's no question in anybody's mind. Yep. So from your standpoint, who does that? Who will do that? Um, I, I, I just, I do wonder about Lamar Jackson if we fell in love with him too soon. You know, he had an unbelievable year. They surprised everybody. And and, in fairness, you brought it up, too. Like, okay, are people going to figure out that offense Mm -hmm. a little bit like they did golf? I don't think it will be that drastic. I I, I think he's a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to crown him as a great quarterback. It's elite quarterback for the next 10 years. And I don't know what it is about me that does that. Uh, I just, I'm not there. Like, Mahomes, you know it. You see it. It's there, man. You know, you could say, well, shoot, man, anybody could throw to all those weapons. I get it. But you can still see it with Mahomes, man. There is something special about it. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson has these special moments, and and he he really wows you sometimes, too. And it was just an incredible year. I just feel like I got to see it again. I I, I really do it to to believe it. Uh, And and in fairness to that argument, I mean, we've seen it now for two years from Mahomes. So I have Mm -hmm. more of a sample. Well, and and keep in mind, Brent, when you talk about Lamar Jackson, you're talking about a guy who was going into his third year now. His first year, Flacco goes out probably, I think it was week nine, week 10. And Lamar Jackson strings together like five straight wins, six straight wins, leads him to the playoffs, and then he goes from there. And then his first season as, you know, a bona fide starter for a 16-game season, he becomes an MVP, you know? So he's still young. Yeah. And, and he's still he's ha- on the Mahomes track. Yeah, and he still has to develop. I mean, literally the only thing that I'm worried about for Lamar Jackson right now is obviously the the, the wide receiver um, options that he has. Like, yes, a Hollywood Brown could take the next step forward and be the next big thing, but can he stay healthy? And besides that, they didn't really address a lot of needs. Like, to me, you have to have that bona fide receiver. And hopefully Hollywood Brown can be that for Lamar Jackson, but I'm not positive yet. 
All right, so we really haven't answered the question. So who well, fits in the category? So, who is the guy? I mean, you, you kind of, okay, Lamar yeah. could be the guy. I, and, and you know how I feel about Kyler Murray as well. And it's nothing against Gardner Minshew because I think they're very comparable. I just think right now with where the Cardinals sit in terms of talent, once again, I think the Cardinals have a lot more talent on offense than Jacksonville Jaguars do. Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. I, I will give you a bump for for Kyler Murray in Arizona this year. They yeah. have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. My kind of the nature of this question is, do you see Kyler Murray the next five years being one of the faces of the NFL? Do you think he's going to do it year in, year out, grow, you know, and, and be the star for the next five to seven to eight years? Because that's the nature of the question. I, I think you could see that more Lamar Jackson right now. Um, I've got definitely a big curiosity when it comes to Kyler Murray. Um, I think he can be a star, okay? Honestly, because I know what the NFL is into right now. And the NFL is into the, the, the new school era of, you know, scrambling around and watching these highlight, you know, catching first downs, if you will. Like, listen, Matthew Stafford last year had some of the best numbers of any quarterback, okay? In terms of QBR rating, he was fantastic last year. Nobody cares about Matthew Stafford. No. Nobody's talking about Matthew no. Stafford at all. And guess what? Their offense this year, not too shabby. Okay, and, and I talked about it before, but I think their um, their offense could be actually take some people by storm and and be dominant. But no one's talking about Matthew Stafford, and do you know why? Well, he throws what fifty times a game. You should be talking about him because he doesn't really bring that highlight factor. He he doesn't necessarily bring you know the, the scramble for ten yards, make a guy miss, juke yeah. another guy out of his shoes, and then throw a touchdown. It's hard to he see on TV that. that a guy's got a rifle arm. Very exactly. few throws, very few plays will show you that's just the you know you know Matthew Stafford to me is like the Jim Furyk of the NFL. <laughs> Furyk has been an unbelievable career. Sure, he's he's had these great moments. Shot a fifty eight, shot a fifty nine. He's he's the ultimate check casher. Yeah. I mean he's a top five. Five guy, top ten guy, but few people will talk about him in terms mm-hmm. of the history of the game or this this era of golfer. They mm-hmm. really don't. They they lose track of him. But go look at the resume; it's unbelievable. Yeah, Stafford kind of reminds me of that. He will get lost in this era of quarterbacks. One because he hasn't won big, mm-hmm. and two because he's not a flashy guy. Yeah. So I, I'm still going Kyler Murray, but once again, like. I'm giving it the Aaron Rodgers effect. I don't think Kyler Murray can go on any single NFL team and immediately elevate them. To yeah, me, it, 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 to me, it's more of the product of his environment right now with the Kingsbury offense is supposed to be the next big thing with Hopkins, with Andy Isabella, with a vet like Larry Fitzgerald, with a solid running game with Kenyon Drake. Like he's got all the pieces to be successful. Now you put Kyler Murray on any team, do they get better? No, but I just think right now with, with where Kyler Murray's at, he's going to be successful. The other guy I'm going to keep an eye on. And Jaguars fans probably won't like this, but I think Deshaun Watson, because this is the ultimate year to find out what Deshaun Watson is really made of. Because if you look at that roster right now, obviously you lose one of the top wide receivers in the game. And let's be honest, they said, what, 70% of the passes went to uh, DeAndre Hopkins, something like that from Deshaun Watson? So the targets, I think, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Okay, so that that's gone now. And let's be honest, in terms of their wide receiving room right now, it's downgraded. Okay, like, yeah. Can Brandon Cook stay healthy? We'll see. Can Kenny still stay healthy? We'll see. Can Will Fuller stay healthy? We'll see. There's a lot of just question marks right now that you shouldn't feel too confident with. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb really, to be fair, hasn't been himself since Aaron Rodgers. Okay? He goes to Dallas. Didn't really do that much in Dallas. I think he tore the Jaguars apart, didn't he? Or was that? No, that was Cole Beasley. That was Beasley. Cole Beasley. Sorry. But um, Randall Cobb hasn't you know, necessarily been. I haven't a... heard Randall Cobb's name since the Jaguars were interested in grabbing him from Green yeah, Bay. That exactly. Was, you know, sometimes you miss on guys and don't get sure. guys and you're happy about it. That was good. I think Cobb's one of those. And once again, go show you just how good of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah. Right? So my point is, you got Brandon Cooks, you got Kenny Stills, you got Randall Cobb, you got Kiki Kuti, and we'll call Will Fuller. Okay? 
it's a bunch of question marks right now on your offense. And if Deshaun Watson is truly, because we all, it, Deshaun Watson's funny to me, right? Because people always say like the guy's a lead already, and the guy's like poised to take, to take the next big step. Well, if he can somehow win games with this roster right now and that personnel, to me, that he's going to be elite and it's going to be the next big thing. Yeah, it'll be a good year to show it uh, yeah. in that respect. All right, I'm going to give you two what guys. You got? Yeah, give me. Some, yep. And they're more of the one guy I think is legitimate. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this isn't like I haven't been a huge like believer in him, but he's got a chance to join the ranks, especially with what's around him mm-hmm. and going forward. He's going into, if not the prime of his career, very close to the prime of his career, and that's Dak Prescott. Interesting. You know, yeah. Dak Prescott, if he is the guy and takes the step to be the guy in Dallas mm-hmm. with Ezekiel Elliott and with Amari Cooper and, and Good now, offensive line. And now with uh what's his name? C D Lamb. Yeah. And he's gonna be a forty million dollar quarterback guy or close to it. Well now he can be easily thrust into the Patrick Mahomes face of the league because you're in the big D, man. Sure. I mean you can easily do it there. America's team, quote unquote. Here's your sleeper pick, and I would once Daniel again. Jones, this Daniel is, Jones. This is why it's a sleeper, and I don't think uh, I, I'm not bought. Well, by the way, I do think Carson Wentz could fit in this category. Sure. Can he stay healthy? Yeah. In in Philly, it's it's a fan, it's a it's a crazy division of quarterbacks there in the NFC East. If you think about it, in, yeah. in the context we're talking right now, uh, but Wentz is on the bubble, well, man. Wentz is yeah. so close to being that. Yeah. But he's just he's got to stay healthy and he's got to kind of take that next level. It's going to be really hard for Wentz to take the next level with the idea that Nick Foles is the guy that won you the Super Bowl. Yeah. And what we're talking about last year too. I mean, the Eagles made the playoffs, and I think they had fullbacks play wide receiver at some point in the season. They did. Right? They, they were had all so deplete. many injuries. Yeah, decimated yeah. by injuries last year. And Carson Wentz did good. So he's a good player. Yes. I, I don't know if he's a great player. Mm-hmm. That's the point of this conversation. Sure. You know, and he could easily become again with Mahomes this next face of the of the NFL. Yeah. Uh, with those guys, uh, the sleeper pick here mm-hmm. to me could be a Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting. Because we have no idea about the guy. We really don't. Like, we, uh, people were lukewarm. Uh, again, this isn't me advocating that he's going to be the guy. I just mm-hmm. say he's a sleeper because he could be in that category. Like, some people thought he was really good coming out. Mm-hmm. Some people, like me, were like, eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He gets picked. He gets a big injury. Like, even when he early on, he was, a good, oh, he was good. He was good. Had, had a really good uh, That one season in Minnesota. He did. Fantastic. He, he was hurt. good. It wasn't like he was – he didn't feel like an elevator, though. You know, mm. he, did, he felt like game manager kind, mm. almost the way Dak Prescott kind of feels. Like, does Dak Prescott feel like he's, in, he's elevating them at yeah. times, or are they just good and he's kind of the facilitator of it? Sure, you know, has sure. A, Russell Wilson has felt like he's a, he elevates them to Correct. this – Next level. One can make an argument that Kirk Cousins is the same thing, where he just kind of he kind of maintains plateaus. Good it's point. like, yeah, it's yeah, just surrounded so, by talent. That doesn't mean you're bad, by the no, way. No, just means Kirk Cousins got great numbers. We're but. talking about being an elite and, and being in the face of the the NFL. Correct. So Bridgewater's interesting because he, he did win games. He's now learned a lot. He mm-hmm. sat behind Breeze. He was with Peyton. They're not ready to make this kind of move, I think. But we could find out over the next two three years that he could get pushed into that stratosphere sure. if he's really really good. So. I think he's a, a super sleeper pick. I, I'm not predicting that. I think Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz could easily get in that category. In fact, I would take my bets with those guys yeah. before I would even go Lamar Jackson, Kyla Murray, or even Deshaun Watson because I huh. think there are more X factors 
around those other guys that you have to say, okay, what if, what if, what if? Um, and Lamar might be the exception of that because he's well, got a pretty stable with Harbaugh. They've sure. got a pretty good nuclear supplier. But obviously, next factor could be an injury too, right? Because any guy likes to run a lot, you're exposed. But then what, that would bring in the Wentz, Wentz true, you know, because he's had yeah. been injured. That's a good point. Uh, but but anyway, so the nature of the conversation is okay. We already know Patrick Mahomes is there. Who's going to join him? Because yeah. usually that happens as, as errors go along. Somebody else joins him. Mm-hmm. You know, even Tiger, as great as he was, it's the Tiger and Phil. Mm-hmm. And for a while, it was Ernie Els. You know, well. In this era of quarterbacks, there's been Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. There was Peyton Manning involved, too. Well, what's that next step? And, and no doubt, Patrick Mahomes is in it. He's already there. He's already there. Who else is going to join? What two, three, four other quarterbacks? Uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson, Kyle Murray, Deshaun Watson. I mentioned Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and, and Teddy Bridgewater as, like, my sleeper guy. Yeah. It's not it's – pro- <laughs> chances are it's probably not going to be all of those guys, uh, but it could be two or three of them. Let's get into the guy that I kind of think really stemmed this conversation in the first place and that kind of sparked this whole debate here. A guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. What am I missing with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because you go to the Super Bowl last year. You obviously still have a very strong running game. You have a great offensive line. You've added pieces in, in, in with, with, with the wide receivers and everything like that. And you obviously have one of the best tight ends right now in the game, assuming that they bring him back, George Kittle. What am I missing with Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, it's, it's really a great point, and we probably shouldn't have. You're right. Part of the reason we did bring it up is because of the Garoppolo. And Shanahan recently said this guy could be one of the all-timers, Yeah. you know, if he takes the step. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of paraphrasing. And maybe his biggest weapon, you know, we thought McVay was his genius. Yeah. The guy that doesn't get enough credit for maybe being the offensive wizard mm-hmm. is Shanahan. And so he might be in that kind of good situation. And they've obviously built a pretty good football team around him on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Can they keep it going? That will be a curiosity of mine this year. Mm -hmm. I think even when we did our big storylines 100 days away from the season, that was one. Because I've seen the Jags have this great defense, and boom, I've seen Chicago have this great defense, and they took a step back. I now see San Francisco led by this great defense. Will they take a step back? But Garoppolo could be the difference in all that. Chicago didn't have a Garoppolo. Jags didn't have a Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. So... I am not this huge Jimmy G's going to be that mm-hmm. face of the franchise, as good looking as he is, uh, <laughs> uh, the ladies would say. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not ready to go there on his game, but he's in a really good spot to be able to do it. And sometimes uh, so, that's what you need. So what are you saying? What are we missing? I don't know what we're missing. Yeah. I, I just We're just not talking about him. I, I Did you see – I thought Jimmy G last year made some plays when he had to make them. Correct. But I never said to myself, San Francisco's this good because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, to me, I never found myself saying no, that. You said that about Lamar Jackson. You said that about Patrick Mahomes. You sure. always have said it about Tom Brady and the Patriots or yeah. Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay. I didn't find myself saying that about San Francisco. Listen, when we had Peter King down, he broke it down when the Ravens played the Patriots. You know, he talked about the Patriots last year, the best defense in the league. And to win the game, Lamar Jackson carved him apart with his arm, not his legs. Okay. So, like, that was the moment where it's like, all right, Lamar Jackson's definitely the real deal. I can't really say if Jimmy Grapple had those moments last year. And it's almost like the Ryan Tannehill effect a little bit, right? Like, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, he, he led the Titans to a couple game-winning drives. And there's a reason why he got paid all his money. And there's a reason why he's now the face um, at the quarterback position for the Titans for a couple years to come. But Derrick Henry, right? But for Jimmy Garoppolo, but the run game for the 49ers, right? They had the best rush offense last year, and nobody could stop them. So 
it, it is a good point, Brent. You know, like it is like how much is geared towards because we always talk about well, the offense works together. You know, the run game works with the pass game, pass game works with the run game. But like what we saw last year, it was predominantly running to set up the pass. I guess what it comes down to is if Jimmy G is indeed the guy, are you confident with him passing 40, 50 times a game? And I don't know if you can confidently say that right now. And given they have the weapons to back it up as well at wide receiver and tight end. Here's who I equate Jimmy G to, fair or unfair, in my mind. And by the way, I argued for this time. At one time, five years ago, I argued for this guy to be in the elite category because of what he did. Um, and then it just didn't pan out. Okay. And that's Joe Flacco. Ah, Flacco wins the Super Bowl, has that great run, and it's like, man, how can you not put him like on the, at least the cusp of of one of the best guys? It never, it never, it never felt that way after. It mm-hmm. never did, you know, and, and it kind of fizzled. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Jimmy G's in that category. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. Like Flacco wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, he got got a little older, felt like a little slower, got a little hurt, all that stuff. Maybe the last couple of years has been bad, but it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jimmy G is going to be bad. I just kind of feel like he's kind of sitting here and you either go one way or another. You take that next step where you kind of stay or go I guess you go three ways. You kind of stay or you go uh, or down. Yeah. I don't see him really dropping down and being a bad quarterback in the NFL. I just don't think I see him uh, really taking that next step. So he kind of reminds me of that, at least as of right now, that, that Joe Flacco conversation uh, from, from a few years back. Well, and also keep going in mind of Jimmy Garoppolo as well. I mean – essentially out for the season back in 2018, got traded in 2017. Like, he hasn't really had a, a lot to go off of in, in terms of a resume either. I no. mean, he's he, he's still a young guy. He's, you he's a young in guy terms from an experience standpoint. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, here's a, here's a deal uh, as we head to break. As we're talking about all these guys, this might be the greatest – ah, great's a, an overused word. Maybe a little strong. <laughs> Caught himself. But this this has the chance – to be the greatest generation of quarterbacks, hands down. I mean, how many would you buy right now? Look at all the names we just mentioned that you would consider buying yeah. as not only good, but maybe even great. Yep. I think, and this goes back to a conversation I've had uh, you know, maybe a couple months ago. I think there are a lot more teams right now in buy mode with the quarterback that they have than they are in sell mode. Mm. And that's unusual in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I feel like most teams are often in sell mode on their quarterback. Like, eh, I don't know. You know, most teams are in the Mitchell Trubisky sure. kind of way. Like, eh, yeah, he better do something, man, and save him or we're done with him. Mm-hmm. I think teams have been a lot like that across the NFL. Yeah. Not right now. I mean, you look at, we just named, how many teams did we just name? We just named 16 teams, and that wasn't even counting the Tampa Bay who has Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and Russell Wilson in Seattle uh, that already love their guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and are married to their guy. And it also doesn't count like the Joe Burrows of the world and the Tua's of the world that are at least going to get a few years to see if they're the guy. Sure. So, well, I mean, it, it's it's a, it's going to be tough in the next year or so to get a starting job in the NFL yeah. as a QB, whether you're young or old, because most teams kind of like what they have. Well, and listen, and that goes to say just where the game of football has gone now, because back in the days, you know, of the Dan Marinos and things like that, the Steve Youngs, it was a run first league. Okay, and those outliers that could pass the ball 30 to 40 times a game, they stood out because nobody was really doing that. Yeah. 
Nowadays, it's past first, you know, and ask questions later. But they always say that history repeats itself, all right? And if we look at the Ravens, if we look at the 49ers, obviously the Chiefs right now are the outlier because they're, they're whatever first. I mean, they're past first, but they can run the ball too. But you have some of these, these, these running first kind of teams, the Titans, you know, the Ravens, the 49ers. They all had success last year, okay? So it begs the question, in the next five to ten years, what is the NFL going to look like? Are we going to still see these pass-happy teams, these spread-like offenses, or will history come full circle and we go back to the old-school days of pounding the rock? Yeah, I mean, it is cyclical. You, you never know where we go. It yeah. sure looks like from an entertainment standpoint. Oh, yeah. uh, and we're, it, I, I don't think we I don't think we got ri- – Entertainment doesn't win Super Bowls, though, Brent. Well, but I would say this. Entertainment brought baseball back in 97 with McGuire and Sosa. Yeah. And it hasn't left. The home runs just got bigger and bigger. That's a good point. So I think the scoring and the passing will only get bigger and bigger. Yeah. And the big reason, this maybe we take a deeper dive on this uh, as we get a little closer about the quarterbacks, but I think one of the big, big reasons – is the the youth, the the young, the age that these guys start playing quarterback in the seven on sevens? Like by the time they get to college, mm-hmm. and really by the time they get to the NFL, I mean they've been slinging it now for ten years. Yeah, you well, hardly I, threw the ball in high school. True, fifteen twenty years ago. And I also make an argument for being like a, like a dual threat quarterback, a guy like that like plays multiple sports, right? Like back in the day, quarterbacks were just quarterbacks. You just played quarterback, didn't play anything else. Now guys are playing baseball, they're playing basketball, they're playing various sports. We're going to deep dive the quarterback position uh, as we get a little closer to uh, to the season. Coming up next, though, Major League Baseball draft. The number one pick could be from Jacksonville, Florida. How about that? It's next on ESPN 690. I think it would just be it would just be awesome just to see how uh, just all your work paying all your hard work paying off. Yeah, it would, it would definitely be a special moment. But uh, yeah, not not really looking too much into it right now, but. Yeah, it would definitely be something that, that that'd be cool. Man, I just at the end of the day, I just want to go play ball and just whatever team is willing to invest in me and wants to be their guy, then I'll be their guy. That is Austin Martin, the voice of when we had him on our baseball celebration a few weeks back. Was he it, was that the whole interview right there? Because you had like twenty five people on that show. Uh, that it was. It wasn't much longer than that. <laughs> sure. Uh, we will actually share that interview uh, in case you missed it later today. After Austin Martin gets drafted, we'll talk a little bit about Major League Baseball draft. Very different this year, yeah. but uh, pretty cool. Austin Martin has a chance, an outside chance of joining Chipper Jones as the only player. I use from in air quotes because Chipper really isn't, but he played his high school ball here to get drafted number one overall. In the Major League Baseball draft. That's awesome. Uh, that's why we did that Jacksonville Celebration show. It's, <laughs> it's just to punch home yeah. how good baseball is around here. And that will show it. And, and I got to be honest. I, I think I'm, if you polled, you know how I do my Publix polls? Sure. We should just get that sponsored, by the way. Uh, I like that. Publix polls. Write that down, Coos. You know, my grocery store polls where if I walked in and asked 10 people, yeah, I would imagine one might know who Austin Martin is. For sure. And he's going to be the number one pick in the Major League Baseball draft. And, and by the way, it's no disrespect to Martin. It just shows you, one, how many people uh, come from here to play baseball and, and are, are very good. Two, how nobody really cares about the Major League Baseball draft. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was going through the list of names. Like, I like baseball. I like college baseball. I have not heard of 70% of the players yeah. that are going to be 
Uh, you, you really have to watch the College World Series or SEC baseball to know some of the guys that are being drafted. And then there's a lot of high school kids, too, which obviously you wouldn't know. In fact, there's more of a chance I know some of the high school kids because we, we kind of travel in that yeah. baseball circle a yep. bit. Um, so, and maybe we've put them on TV. But even from other parts of the state, there are so many Florida kids that will get drafted. Uh, but it's just amazing how different it is than the maybe the NBA or, or the N- NFL, yeah. where like we do mock drafts and you know this. I'm telling you what, if you want some inside info on the Major League Baseball draft, some of the writers that do that, they really know their stuff about college baseball, high school baseball, because it's just not this like a casual fan's not going to know it. Sure, for sure, it's not like the NFL, obviously, or like you know, like recruiting um, for high school people going to college. Austin Martin, Brent. Okay, obviously I wasn't here on that show on that Friday. I was in Colorado trying to have a heart attack climbing a mountain. I look at Austin Martin. I see pictures. I see swag. All right? Yes. He's got swag as all get out. He he, he actually he looks wears, like you I was playing say, football. He wears his eye black, just like I used to wear my eye black. All right? So <laughs> we're almost kind of kindred spirits here. And let's be honest, Brent. When we're kindred spirits, I want to help you out. I want to make you. I want to try to, you know, get you the most money as possible. Now, being the first, second pick of the MLB draft, yeah, that's gonna be some money for you. But let's go ahead and expedite that and get some more money. Here's the thing, bro. Do you know his agent? Do you know his PR people? No. Okay. With Austin Martin. No. With Austin Martin, this this is a as a prime position as the next big face of baseball to get that Aston Martin endorsement easy. right can, easy money can, can you see the commercials uh we got to ask martin here oh no i'm sorry it's austin martin and they keep getting his name mixed up with aston martin i mean it pre- the money just prints itself so austin martin go ahead and, and you know listen to this episode here if, if you're not listening to a live which you should be probably a big day for you though so you're probably listening to it right now <laughs> but feel free to go back you know on itunes on youtube on twitter on facebook check this part out and i'm only going to charge you 10 percent. okay I'll only charge you ten percent. This will be like Shark Tank. I just want to ride. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good point too. Well, go and call your boy Josh Scobie. He's got a couple of them last time I checked. Yeah, I wonder if he sold that away. I think probably. Yeah, yeah. but pictures yeah. uh, driving Aston Martins. What is the world coming to? But isn't that crazy? Like, if he was an NFL guy, mm-hmm. you would make that correlation, and it might make sense, and it might happen. Yeah, it ain't happening. No? In Major League Baseball, because oh, yeah, I, I, you have to earn your. I get it. It, I get it might it. happen five years from now. Correct. You know. Uh, he goes into the all-star game, wins a home run derby, and, and gets an Aston Martin. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But uh, seriously, it's just so different. Yeah. You know, as much as we – I mean, look how long we talk about the NFL draft. I get it. Football's big around here. Yeah. Uh, so we don't spend even a lot of time talking baseball in general mm-hmm. on the show. But but it is wild that uh, we don't – and the, just across the board – listen, back home in New England, they love the Red Sox. Yeah. They could care less who the Red Sox are taking. Care less. Yeah. They don't care. Because what happens is what nine well, I don't know if it's five out of ten, seven out of ten, whatever. Sure. That guy gets traded away anyway at some point over the next five or six years and he's not part of your team. Or it takes like a like a Ben Gamble got drafted in two thousand ten. I don't think he made his major league debut until he was like two thousand sixteen or seventeen. It takes six or seven years to get to the big sometimes. Let me ask you this. Who was like the last like, you know, like the first pick, second pick, whatever, like the last first round pick where you really knew, like, there was so much hype around him that he was going to be a star right away. Like, to me, it's like Bryce Harper, right? Strasburg? No, Strasburg's good. Strasburg, yeah. Good example. Harper, I mean, Harper was kind of like that, though, too, wasn't he? Yeah, but Harper year was uh, who we talk about with uh, Harper, 
Tyon Machado, also on that baseball celebration sure. we had on uh, Laddie Montgomery, who played with them on Team USA. They all played together. That, that class is like the class. Yeah, That's yeah. back in 2010. Yeah. Strasburg probably shortly after, I'm assuming, maybe like 12. I thought he might have been before. I'll check it out quick. Like, but even, okay, yeah. when was Trout? Uh, like, I don't even remember Trout getting drafted. Yeah. You know, he probably was like a top three pick or well, something. I don't was, even well, know. Because he was so humble even in high school. Like, nobody <laughs> yeah. knew about the guy. But, uh, but that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says that Strasburg got drafted back in 2009. Oh, so he was even prior. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It seems like. I guess, I mean, this guy's been playing now for a it's while. Crazy. It takes a long time to get up there. So, yeah. uh, same with Trout. He was probably like an, an 08 guy yeah. or something. I wouldn't be surprised now. Uh, so, it, it's it's just amazing how different it is. We're going to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball draft, what it means to Austin Martin. Uh, Colby Halter could be in the mix as well and how this year's draft's a little bit different. But before we do that, uh, we'll spend a couple minutes on it in a second. We got a couple of guys on the line. Uh, uh, what year was Trout? Uh, 2011. Oh, so he was right after that. That was Correct. a nice little 2009. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's 2009. Oh, so drafted. same draft as Strasburg. Same draft. What, what, what number was he? Oh, Brett, you're asking a lot of me. Uh, it doesn't say. I can look that up, though. I'll do a little you deep do dive that. here. Yeah. And uh, while we do that, we'll get South Beach Gary on the line. I think he, uh, he, he, he wanted us to mention Tua Tua Tua. Uh, in our last segment, so uh, let's hear from him. What's up, South Beach, Gary? How you doing? Good afternoon, gentlemen. And Austin Martin may become one of a Baltimore Oriole who they pick number two. It, well, not only that, if he becomes a Baltimore Oriole, then he could join Austin Hayes. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, Austin Hayes, who played for JU, is just down the road in uh, Daytona, where he's from, but also DJ Stewart, who's from Jacksonville and was a first-round pick and, and could be in the outfield if they decide to play. It could have a right fielder, DJ Stewart, if they decide to play ball this year, yeah. and then center fielder, Austin Hayes, both kind of from the Jacksonville area, and they could select with the number two overall pick. <laughs> Austin Martin. Nothing wrong with a couple of Austins on the team. Baltimore Orioles like the Jacksonville area. Yeah. What's up, South Beach, Gary? Oh, we got Austin. Can, can you? Hey, hey, yeah, guys, you're talking quarterbacks. How about a little love for two? I didn't hear two's name mentioned at all. I, I mentioned mean, him on the way out. throw a ball after his hip surgery? He, he was kind of a footnote. Is he even going to play in 2020? Sure, he'll play. Come on. All right, let me ask you this, though. Are you as bullish on Tua? I understand you're bullish on Tua because he was picked fifth overall. <laughs> Next I question, it. yeah. But, uh, but are you as – could you seriously – uh, do you have this much confidence that he's going to be like the next Marino, right, the next Patrick Mahomes? That was kind of the nature of the conversation. I sure hope so because you you remember, Brent, and also the last time that they passed on an injured quarterback turned out to be Hall of Famer Drew Brees. Yes. So, uh, you you, you got to take the chance. I think uh, with his accuracy, guys, and he'll be throwing to Gesicki. He'll have Breed uh, behind him, an approved offensive line, Devontae Parker. He's going to have some weapons. Yeah, and he's going to have a chance. Probably, Preston Williams is probably the biggest wide receiver for them coming up this year that I'm more uh, hot on is Preston Williams. And he'll have a chance to uh, to have the ball in his hands quite a bit because yeah. their defense should be a lot better. You know, defense should be good. They invest a lot of money. All right, South Beach, Gary, good to hear from you, man. Thanks for jumping in on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're all over the map in this segment. We're going to jump in and have uh, Steven because he's been hanging on the line as well. So let's do it. What's up, Steven? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you guys? Good. Doing good. All right, little correction. Rugs went to Raiders. Jerry Judy went to Broncos. Oh, it's my uh, Judy, yes. Hey. I, I get him confused. You know what? Same, uh, we, same need college team. we need you. I uh, I was trusting Austin. It's a bad thing to do. It's my bad. All right. Uh, I have a question for Brent, uh, but real quick, could I make a suggestion for a segment for uh, you guys? Sure. Uh, 
we Coos doesn't do a good job producing it, so we'll take all the help we can. <laughs> oh no, my uh, suggestion is I see all these videos of and you guys in ESPN rating the twelve picks of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would really like to see a video and or you guys possibly judge on the undrafted free agents, possibly key players you could see making the roster or maybe possibly in the future making a difference for the franchise. Like an example would be if they trade Leonard Fournette this year, their power game is gone. But unless you looked it up, James Robinson, who they got in the undrafted free agency, is a power runner like Leonard Fournette. That would be my example on that. Like I who would you I think a lot of uh, – I would just say this, and you're right. You can Google and look up tape and watch tape and all that stuff. Um, I think normally we would have a better idea of that, but with no OTAs and not seeing these guys out on the field at all, it's very difficult to kind of fall in love. We usually do fall in love with one of those guys or two of those guys. Absolutely, we will. Yeah, I- I'm always uh, fascinated with it. Like people fall in love with them more than the draft picks sometimes. Sure. And But uh, – it's just really hard until you see them out there, but it's a good idea. We'll probably do it. We'll probably wait until a couple weeks into camp just because then we'll have a better idea of it, how they fit at, at this level. Well, and yeah, I guess to try to get back to James Robinson's point, like I get what you're saying. He has a lot of the features. Like, he's like, I think six feet, 220. I mean, he's a bigger size running back, but one could argue that the guy from Temple, that the guy Raquel Armstead yeah. runs that same style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they kind of already have that guy as well. And, I, and, they, like and they, they like him a lot. They like a Zigbo, too, by the way, yeah. uh, who people don't talk about because he really hasn't done that much. I think mm-hmm. he has like 10 carries or something. Yeah. But they do like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like what they, they see in him. Uh, all right. What else you got, man? Uh, my question for you is what me and Austin talked about last Friday when I called. Uh, since Tom Coughlin's gone, the shadow over Doug Marone is gone, what kind of coach do you want to see Doug Marone be this year? 2017, Austin said he seemed a little more disciplined, but my opinion was when Coughlin started dropping the hammer, he tried to be Gus Bradley and be more of a player's coach, and you could see the problems in 2018 and 2019 start to happen. So what kind of coach do you want to see out of Doug Marone this year? All right, Stephen, appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, I'll let you answer because I answered it kind of last week. So. Uh, yeah, I I think the best way to answer this, in my opinion, is he's got no choice right now to be anything but a player's coach. Mm-hmm. He's made his bet. That's what he, he came back on. He had players go to bat for him. And in this climate, in this situation, where the players need support for what they're doing off the field, just as much as what they're doing on the field, there's no turning back. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the dangerous thing for Doug Marone would be to be this super disciplined guy. Or uh, I'm not saying discipline doesn't matter, uh, but I don't think you can go to that military approach in that organization because people are going to be like, "Hey, what? Why, why did he change? Why did he flip?" You know, again, I, I think it's worth bringing up when Jack Del Rio was toward the end. I think the biggest. Well, uh, critique that I heard of of Del Rio was you didn't know what you were going to get. Where you, let's just take training camps, for example, where you're going to get the night practices, where you're going to get a hard camp, where you're going to get a light camp. Where Oklahoma gonna, drill. You didn't know. Yeah. And I, that's a small example, but I think it's an example of the inconsistencies. As a player, I think you want to know which guy you're playing for. It's sure. okay either guy. You don't have a say in that, but what's who am I playing for? And so I think Doug Marone over the last year especially, maybe even beyond, 
has really established himself as a guy who's going to be in the player's corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they want to play tough, physical football, all those things. You can do that, but stylistic, mm-hmm. you're a guy that's going to listen to players. You're a guy that's going to support the players. You're going to have their back. Um, and, and that's the way he's presented himself. And, and for the record, he may have presented himself that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. It just felt different in 17. Because you did have a shadow, uh, and it felt more of Tom Coughlin's team at that time. Yeah, and and to get back to Jack Dario's point a little bit here, where yeah, he, he did change things around. I would say this, you know, having played a couple years for him towards the end of his career, I think that he always brought the same kind of mindset and the same kind of personality. But like you mentioned, like are you doing Oklahoma drills? Is practice gonna be at night or in the daytime? Well, coaches are always trying to find that extra edge, right? Coaches are are mad scientists they're they're always trying to find that that right formula that gives them success right and if they don't have a, su- a successful season well then they look upon those but all right we got to change this got to change that got to change that and a lot of that can come with you know the practice times and things how you set up a schedule so um i i do agree with you and with doug marone obviously he didn't have a lot of success last year okay so even doug marone's got to be kind of that mad scientist a little bit and say like all right well the way we did it last year didn't really work so I agree with you. He has to be the player's coach. There's no going back now because the worst thing you can do for yourself on the Jacksonville Jaguars is try to be this, you know, this tough-minded coach, this old-school type of coach because players will see right through that. So he's kind of dug himself in the hole a little bit, but now he just has to go about it and say, you know what, what's the best way to be the player's coach? Yeah, I, I think uh, there, there is no going back. You can't change. Players see that. They don't like that. And, and much like coaches, they want to know what to expect out of player. I think players want to know what to expect out of coach. And uh, by now, they've, they've drawn their conclusion at who he is, especially the veterans. Now, the young guys, they don't know any better, but the veterans certainly are. Right. Uh, that was uh, probably a very badly run segment by me. We're all over the map. So when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the Major League Baseball draft. <laughs> and then we'll get <laughs> into some Martin's more football. Brent, bring him back. Come on. We're all over the place. We've got an hour to go. We'll make it. ESPN 690. We're just trying to make it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.